0: Hello, partners, friends, reformers, friends of God around the world. I'm Abner Suarez. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. This is a broadcast that every Thursday night at 6:30 Eastern we record the premiere of this. If you've missed a program, we encourage you to go back on our website abnersuarez.com or our YouTube to catch previous broadcasts. But I am honored tonight to have my dear friend Dr. John Peterson on the broadcast and uh dr john why don't you just tell the people a little bit about your background uh he's, he's obviously a medical doctor and uh just tell the people a little bit about yourself
1: okay well yeah. uh i was raised in alaska on a homestead um as a mormon Is that right? I yeah know that. yeah and uh well actually i was sent to victory bible camp between first and second grade and i heard a version of the gospel there, and mm-hmm. I made a seven-year-old's profession of faith. And uh, my parents weren't in church at the time. And I went home and I remember standing in the kitchen, tearfully telling my mother that if we didn't go to church, we'd to, we're going to go to hell. So she said, "Okay, yeah, well."
0: For, it was a Mormon camp, or like no, this was, was a okay. it was a Baptist okay. camp. Okay. okay, all right, yeah. just to clarify. And yeah. the yeah.
1: other thing I remember about that. Uh, is that we weren't supposed to let girls sit on our lap.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah the things that we remember yeah, as thank you. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, um, so my mom says, Oh, well, we can go to church if you want. So we started going to a Mormon church. They had been raised Mormon, but they hadn't been in church. So after seven years um, and never hearing the gospel again, I, I didn't know what was missing really, but I knew that something major was missing. And so at the age of 14, I said, I, I, I'm not going anymore. So I was out of church for many, many years. And um, I looking for love in all the wrong places, mm. uh, the late 60s, early 70s in college. And, um, you know, always had this sense that something was missing in, mm. in me. And um, so, I, I looked for you know transcendental meditation. I did it for 20 years.
0: Really?
1: Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, it was the closest thing I came to having any peace in my life. Uh, but I found out it was a, a shabby, <laughs> shabby no, counterfeit. No
0: relief to your journey. No, yeah.
1: no. Yeah. So you know I can I ask
0: you questions. I'm always sure. curious yeah.
1: when people
0: you're know, there's a. In fact, I was writing into my notes today when I was just kind of hanging out with the Lord. And it's that humanity, like instinctively, everyone made in the image of God means there's an aspect of God, there's a personality of God on on the that that is that is common to all humanity, and humanity is looking for God, whether they know it or not. Yes, as, absolutely. Do, absolutely. Do you,
1: yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
0: you you just keep doing this transcendental meditation because you're like there's something out there maybe this is it. Is, yeah. that, is that kind of yeah. a point there well
1: you know in retrospect I think it was a desperately looking for peace in my life mm. I was um, always striving uh, Mormonism is kind of a works oriented uh, okay. yeah. um, religion and my parents were very works oriented right you, you are what you do kind of yeah and um, so um, Yeah, I was just, you know, trying to find some meaning in life. I, uh, by the time I'd finished Stanford University, um, in Birmingham. No, in uh, California. Oh, Stanford! I thought you said Stanford. Okay. uh, Yeah. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, this man
0: is educated.
1: uh, It's big time. Yeah, but don't hold that against me. Okay. It's it's not. it's not a big help to be a doctor in the healing profession outside of office.
0: Something just jumped out at me this drive and this is just my personal observation you said you were always driven do you think that drive actually pushed you because probably percentage of even people going to college that become medical doctors is probably less than a percent all the doctors I know were first of all probably some of the smartest people I know and then they also worked really hard undergraduate grad to even get into medical school. Do you think that helped actually you become a doctor or
1: did it come more naturally to you? Well um, I decided I wanted to be a doctor in ninth grade biology class Mm -hmm. and everything I did was kind of oriented toward that but when I got into college I was just so excited to be there and this huge open field of classes to take you know so when I met with my advisor and he said well you'll be taking chemistry and biology and physics and calculus I thought I've already done that I want this is college man there's a big world out there so I kind of put everything on hold and went to Europe in my junior year um, and studied art and uh, you know Eastern European politics and you know opera and just all this non-medical but you're stuff. you still plan on being a doctor? Well yeah it was in the back of my mind. I was, it, it seemed like it was really going to be a hard thing so I kind of wanted to do the easy things first. <laughs> so by the time I finished... Um, and let me just
0: back up for a minute too because yeah. probably less than 1% too get into Stanford, knowing Stanford. Um, of people yeah, who I, apply. Don't, I yeah. don't know. So, I, I mean I'm just saying even as a high school student coming from Alaska, that's a high achievement to get into Stanford. Um,
1: yeah, was, I think it was a lucky break.
0: I, don't, <laughs> <laughs> I know you're you being know, modest, but what I'm no, saying, that's very high achieving. Right? Well,
1: uh, the thing that was good for me was uh, as much as I thought I was pretty smart in high school, I learned that, uh, hey, <laughs> there's a whole spectrum of smart people and right. I'm not at that end, yeah. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> down the road quite a bit. <laughs> Yeah. So, I, you know, I didn't get into medical school by being smart. I got in by working really hard, you know. Like it it was hard work. I like that. And uh, especially for me with a degree in psychology <laughs> and really? not science. Yeah.
0: You didn't have like a biology degree?
1: No, no. I'm learning
0: stuff as I interview yeah. you. Yeah,
1: well, see, when I got back from Europe, my parents told me that, you know, it was really nice that I was enjoying college and everything. But at the end of four years, I was on my own. You know, <laughs> that, you. I, We're not going to pay for additional semesters for you to get a degree. In other right. Words. Yeah. So, I, in a panic, I scoured through the the uh, course.
0: Uh, you had to get a degree.
1: I had to get a degree, <laughs> and it turns it turns out I could. T- I had enough prerequisites. So I could take all psychology for two two uh, quarters and uh, finish requirements for a degree in finish psychology. Degree. So yeah. that's what I did. Okay. So it's graduation day. Uh, I had married my high school sweetheart a few uh, months before. Wow. And um, we were going back up to Oregon, where we uh, were living. And uh, at dusk, on a divided freeway, interstate, uh, with rush hour traffic. The camper in front of me suddenly veered off to the side. I was doing 75 in a Volkswagen Beetle, and a very large station wagon hit me head-on. Combined speed of 130 miles per hour. Volkswagen Beetle. Yeah, Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, no, no seat belt. Uh, Yeah. So that day, I learned there was in fact a God. (laughs) Mm. He saved my life. And he had a purpose hmm. and that this was coming from basically being an agnostic by the time I'd been indoctrinated sure. in you know, college for four years. Right. So um, we abandoned our plans to or I abandoned my plan to uh, hitchhike around the world for two years that was what my plan was after school
0: even though you're married you're gonna
1: yeah we were both going to do it
0: your wife was down with it
1: she was well she <laughs> went on and did it <laughs> oh wow. yeah yeah we didn't stay married very long um, unfortunately we we had changed during the four years of college <laughs> uh-huh. but um, so that's all I knew you know uh, but yeah I just uh, went back to school and uh, studied like crazy got into med school and um, where did you go yeah. to medical school? Um, University of Southern California.
0: Oh, that's right. You told me that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In, in, uh, in Los Angeles.
0: On a scale so, of one to ten, how hard was that?
1: Well, um, the first two years were harder because I didn't I, I had the minimum science requirements to get into med school. So um, yeah, it was I had to work really hard, but um, I was just consumed. I mean, I, I when I had time off i read medical stuff consumed you know. with the whole thing. yeah I, I i loved it and um so so fast forward um 50 years i you know i mean i had all these i was very goal oriented
0: that driven thing again. yeah
1: yeah the and, Theme there yeah so i wanted <laughs> to i was driven to get into medical school and then i was driven to get in the best residency i could then I was driven to get the best job. And by all that time, I figured, well, i got something coming for this, you know? And I didn't go into it for money, but I figured, well, you know, I had to get paid for this. First of all, I was way in debt after all those years. After medical school. After med school, yeah.
0: Can can I just pause here? Because one of the things I learned, and my thing was sports, particularly wrestling, it was like, and I remember even having some moments where the Lord would, like, Try and guide me even, in, even in that, and it's like no, I'm gonna do it this way. Yeah. And I remember winning, even eighth grade, winning like the state championship. And this is like the center of my world. At yeah, twelve yeah. or thirteen years training. I've trained for for years. The two years before I get second, and I win. I win in eighth grade. So it's my way out. I'm going to high school now, but I'm state champ. And I remember when that, the referee would tap you when it was over because, you know, you couldn't hear everything going on so he'd say, hey, it's over. I remember, even as a child, thinking to myself, I've worked really, really hard, and this is exciting, but this doesn't fill me. Yeah, like, there's exactly. No, there's no fulfillment. Like, exactly. This didn't bring me the fulfillment right. that, and I can the reason I can identify with that, it was like, even as a young... I don't even think I'm a teen, twelve or thirteen at the time. I remember thinking, "Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to." Not oh my gosh, but what's the next goal? Even though it wasn't fulfilling, right. it was right. like, "What's right. the next thing?"
1: Right. And, exactly. You know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a pastor out in California, Greg Laurie, is famous for saying, "We're all born with a god-sized <laughs> hole in our heart," mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah i mean absolutely there was no accomplishment and every really everything i set out to accomplish right it. Right. you know i applied yeah. for to two colleges i got in both of them i applied to two medical schools i got in both of them mm. you know i applied to um, 10 residencies i got in nine of them you know and uh, it was just but you know right, it's, right, it's, right, as yeah, soon yeah. as you get to that place that you think is going to fulfill you you have to look ahead because that place didn't fulfill you and you I, know? Don't, I don't want to speak for you but you're probably like i
0: don't know how old are you when you finish medical school 28. still pretty young yeah, yeah. 28 and they're like wow john you're a doctor now and you're on the inside you're like that's great but, but it's, my life is still unfulfilled but,
1: yeah but i gotta have a nice house now. Right, right, right you know right. i gotta i gotta get a bmw you yeah. know i gotta do all this stuff yeah, so yeah, it's good. like fast forward 10 years mm-hmm. about Mm-hmm. Living in a six thousand square foot house in the swankiest neighborhood in town, mm. driving a Mercedes and an Audi, and, and I've got three beautiful kids, mm. and um, and I've got a job and just hauling in money, and I've been investing and I've got four million dollars on paper, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and. I thought as I was filling I'm still not saved by the way right, right so I'm filling out my tax return and I see that we've got about two thousand dollars in charitable donations which is an inflated value probably for the clothes that we donated because we're we gonna throw them away or donate them right. and I thought to myself someday I'm gonna give some money to charity not this year maybe when we get to ten million Nah, 20 20 will be enough
0: mm. Goals again yeah,
1: yeah yeah and you know it's just well fortunately by the grace of God there was a huge tech um, depression in 2002 or 2003 mm-hmm. it might have been 2001 actually anyway yeah. techs right. dropped and this uh, startup company that I invested in and, and made like well over a million dollars in went belly up <laughs> like all the, in the space of a couple months mm. and the broker that I had trusted my, uh, a good portion of my investments with his wife, not, I didn't know, but his wife got cancer and he totally took his mind off things and lost everything Your money's taken. lost everything I yeah, invested yeah. with and so in the space of nine months i went from a paper uh, fortune of four million dollars down to a million dollars in debt because i also got divorced in that time wow so uh this yeah
0: whole time, dr john are you like still like you're in practice you've got your kids but there's is there still something going on in your heart like i'm missing something
1: oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh, i was you know in the midst of all that, I was desperately unhappy. Mm. Desperately unhappy. And then, you know, when the divorce started going through, I just uh, I felt like a total failure because I had really worked hard on that marriage sure. for yeah, yeah. 20 years. And um, my kids were devastated. They all thought, each one thought it was their fault. Mm. You know, that's what we kids do. Yeah. And I felt it was all my fault, which was probably true uh, in a way. um, Can I I just jump in here? Because I think um, one of the things
0: I've learned with my own life and probably people watching this is that often the enemy will challenge you in the place, even as an unbeliever or not serving the Lord, where this is like an area of pride for you in a sense,
1: like, hey man, I'm
0: providing for my family, I love my kids, I'm working on this marriage. You're that driven person, Yeah, and he will attack you in that area to totally, like, in a sense, you have what the world, this is like, this is awesome where you're living in, but he's attacking you in that area to add to your misery, the trauma in your life, like, look at you, you failed. Yeah. You your kid, oh, yeah. You failed your yeah. wife.
1: I, I felt like a total failure. Right, right. And, um, but you yeah. know, God causes all things to work together for good, even yeah. for those who are going to love Him.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> you good. Know? That's right. Yeah. That's right.
1: And um, so it, I look yeah. at it as the grace of God that all that money vanished because mm. it was such a, a realization that all this stuff i have been working for all my life. Could disappear like that mm. you know that it was really meaningless and and I was at a place where I felt totally worthless I felt like I betrayed and hurt everyone who'd ever cared about me and I was not worthy of anyone's love especially not God's mm. and that's I mean that I, that had been going on for months it was like a downhill slide and when yeah. the money left I, well, what else you know I mean it's right. everything else is gone, you know But I realized that that I'd climbed the ladder of success, but it was against the wrong building, you know? Mm, That's good. And, uh, say that one more time. I'd climbed the ladder of success, but it was leaning against the wrong building. Mm. So my daughter uh, got uh, saved actually junior year of high school and uh, kind of backed a little bit senior year and then went to college and recommitted. Mm. So she came home on vacation, and she wanted to go to church. Well, there was one in our neighborhood. So, so okay, you know. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Yeah,
0: but, but even this time as an adult, you're not thinking back. Ah, you don't, really you know, God brings no remembrance like that time as a child or anything
1: like that. No. Uh, okay. No, so you're not, no. This no is I would not even in your Like at the age of fourteen, I was done with church. Okay. Okay. You know, I was yeah. seriously done. Okay. And. um So we went to church, but I met this guy there who was a former CIA agent and a nice guy. We talked for 10 minutes, that was it. So uh, a month later, I got separated from my wife and I wouldn't go back to church because I knew they'd all be judging me, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, but he kept calling me. This guy that you met? He kept calling me. One time for 10 minutes, he kept calling me Mm. and I would never answer the phone. But he'd leave messages on my answer phone. And one time he left him and said, Hey, uh, John, we're having a men's uh, Bible study on Friday morning. I'd love for you to come. Mm. So I thought, Well, that sounds small and safe. I'll try it. You know? So I went, and he went around the table, and everybody had testimony but me. Mm. You know, So he kept calling, and, and so finally, I let him in my house. <laughs> You let him come to your house. I let him come to my house, Mm. and um, we're sitting there in the family room, which is the only room that had any furniture left. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was was like a mausoleum in that place.
0: In your six thousand square foot house. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, the
1: wife had moved out, you know, kids. So he he said two things that really hit me. I I told him how I was feeling. I said, and it's certainly not worth God's love. And he said, Well. You know you're right, I mean none of us are, mm. but he loves us anyway mm-hmm. really and then he said and and then see i had I had heard a part of the gospel that was that we're all sinners, and I learned that in Bible camp between sixth and seventh grade that I was a sinner, you know, and i would had been reminded of it a lot, but um I didn't hear about the great exchange, right. where on the cross, Jesus takes all our sin, all our sin,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he gives us all his righteousness. Mm. Wow, you know, mm. that's the part I didn't hear. Right, right. And, you know, it, it hit me. You know, I said, man, that, that sounds like a good deal. And he said, yeah, that's the best deal going. Do you want to pray? I said, no, no. I'm going to think about this. Right. <laughs> Yeah. So three days later, <clears throat> um, Thanksgiving weekend on a Saturday, all alone, kids had been over for dinner and cried through it all. And I mean, it was just, just disastrous, you know. Mm. And uh, it just, the weight of all my sin and, and shame and the hope that there was, you know, a God who would forgive me, mm. I just fell on my face and mm. just cried out to Him mm. for a long time. I have no idea how long. But when I got up, there was that peace that I'd been looking for all my life. And I didn't know, I'd heard the phrase, born again, but I had no idea what it was supposed to be like, but I knew I'd been born again. Wow. I knew that I was, funda- I was fundamentally changed. Wow. Yeah. So um, I was on fire. started to go to the first church anybody recommended to me. It was a big evangelical church, and I'd go there uh, to the 10 or 10:30 service, but then I found there was an 8 o'clock service up in Richmond, which was uh, 50 miles away. So I'd go, I'd hit the 8 o'clock service, come back for the 10 10:30 service, and then there was one another one back in Richmond, which is you know 50 miles again, at 6 o'clock, and I'd be there, and I'd be there on Wednesday. Night. I mean, I just you just yeah, I was just yourself. on fire. Yeah, you know. trying to accomplish as much as I could. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, got to make up for of lost. So
1: I looked at a lot of different churches, and uh, about a year and a half after I got saved, I I had a friend who invited me to go to this revival meeting they were having with this guy uh, from Florida, and uh, she gave me a little booklet. It was about being baptized in the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and speaking in tongues and all that, and so I, I mean, I, I, I read it, I had never heard of any of it. Either. I mean, I totally unchurched. Although I had tried to read the Bible two or three times, I like cover to cover. I'd been through it, but it, you know, kind of right. before the Holy Spirit's helping you, you yeah, you don't yeah. get very far. Right. So um, I read this booklet and. And I said, well, God, I, I want this, you know? And so like two nights later, we're at this big revival meeting. And, he, and, uh, and,
0: and is this revival meeting Is the first time you're around the things of the Spirit? Oh, or anything? anything like that. Okay. Yeah, anything because like that. Because for the first year and a half, you're back around the things of God, pretty much like more of an evangelical field. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. okay.
1: So um, he has an altar call for anyone who wants to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So there's about 12 of us went down. And uh, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Mm. And uh, then the fire just got turned up, Mm. way turned up. And shortly after that, I went to a meeting of the Toronto Airport Christian Fellowship.
0: Oh, you went to Toronto. Yeah,
1: and uh, that was actually in Virginia Beach. Uh And two weeks later, I went to a meeting they had up in in Toronto. Can you talk about
0: the difference between... You, because I, I have similar experience you're walking love God but you're still like I, I want everything you have
1: yeah can you talk yeah. about
0: the experience that night and kind of what happened that night and, and how you began to connect relate to God differently what what that oh
1: yeah well this was this pretty cool um, my friend introduced me to this guy that she had worked with who was a used car salesman and uh he was an african-american guy and he said um he was telling me about this street outreach they'd had and they had you know enough stew for like 10 or 20 people and Mm. a whole bunch more showed up but they never ran out Mm. you know and he he looked at me and he said your life's never going to be the same after tonight the revival meeting. the revival know, because we you know he knew i wanted to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Mm. So, um, I remember going down and and the pastor said, raise your hands, and I raised my hand, and uh, my arm started shaking. It felt like I was on, you know, like, and then my whole body just started vibrating. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, had, I didn't know anything about, being slain in the spirit or anything i knew nothing about that
0: you're just hungry just open. just hungry yeah
1: and uh you know he he touched my forehead and all the strength left me and <laughs> i just <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah
1: and um, and so then uh he had another prayer time for everybody and i got in line <laughs> mm. and, I, and when i got up i ran down and got in the line again you know mm. so but about a week after that this guy that I'd met told me my life was never going to be the same he had a stroke. He was in the hospital and my friend said that some friends were going to the hospital to pray for him would I like to go? I said, "Okay, sure, you know." Mm. So we're in the ICU, he's hooked up to three uh, blood pressure medications to try to bring his pressure down. His blood pressure is in the range of 260 over 170, which is you know too high <laughs> yeah, yeah way too high and they couldn't right. bring it down he's in a coma and so we gathered around and one of the people a group of three or so for four said would you pray for him and I'm thinking
0: your friend who told you your wife, yeah
1: wow. you know mm-hmm. um, and I figured they think I'm gonna pray for him because I'm a doctor You know? I mean, I don't know anything. Right. I never prayed for anybody to be well or anything before. So I said, okay, sure, you know? And so I'm praying for him And I didn't even know that you're you're supposed to close your eyes or anything, but I'm watching the blood pressure thing. And as I'm praying, blood pressure's coming down.
0: Wow. It's just
1: like, Mm. like that. And this guy who was not expected to live went home two days later. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Yeah. And I. And I had no uh, frame of reference to put that in, except you know, um, wow, that's interesting. I put that in the thing to think to think about, you know. Right. (laughs) I didn't, I didn't didn't really know where that was, but then I had this fire for more at that Mm. point, and so So instead of so something
0: got unlocked. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
1: And you're praying in the spirit now. Is your Bible reading different? Is it? Oh yeah, I mean, on fire. <laughs> mm-hmm. On fire to read the Bible. I mean, I had been kind of anyway right. up for I the know. Bible, right. you know, and to go to church. But I kept, you know, I just wanted more and more and more. And so I went around and I actually visited a bunch of different churches, you know. I, I had stayed with the one that I'd sort of been my home church. Right. But I knew that something was going on that there had to be more. And and mm. one thing that really made me know that is during worship, the entire first year after I got saved, I could not get through a single song without just weeping. Mm. Just I mean, soaking my shirt, mm. you know, and just like and yet these people around me they'd be talking like they were in a living room or something. <laughs> or they'd be, you know, fidgeting or, you know, uh. And, and i you know, thought, God's how, can, deep how can how can they heart. be how can they be doing this you know don't, don't they hear this music you know, don't they hear these birds mm-hmm. you know so uh, i i didn't know what i was looking for but i knew i wanted more so the 12th I want, church i want
0: to i want to pause there I'm going
1: to pick yeah. this up in the next program
0: there's two things and there's always themes that develop in these conversations we have with different guests and it's this the first thing that jumped out to me is your journey, you're driven, you're probably at one of the lowest points at that point in your life yeah. of family, kids, hard, everything, and somebody reaches out to you.
1: Yes, yeah, an angel. Yeah. And, <laughs> I mean and he had to be on assignment.
0: Yeah, and yeah. I say he's persistent. Yeah. I, I, I know in my own journey part of my prophetic history is my dad had encountered the Lord when he left uh, Cuba, and he knew, he, he feels like that's when he got born again, but he's searching for God. Mm-hmm. And this guy at a job training program keeps going, You need to come to my church. You need to come to my church. Yeah. And he would tell, because he was sort of Catholic, so he's going to Catholic church, but communists tell you there's no God. So he's like, You know, the Catholics at the time told him, You don't go to any other church except our church.
1: Yeah.
0: But this guy kept being persistent. Yes. Yeah. and I I want to do twofold here Um, I believe that this is um, this is a season of harvest in the earth and I want you to pray for believers watching this that they would discern those people that they are supposed to zero in through prayer through um, and I'm not I'm not talking about like harassing people or anything like that but I'm talking about there's a witness because I believe if we'll keep our eyes open there are people that their harvest is now.
1: Absolutely. And then Absolutely. the second
0: thing, I, I want you to pray that first and then the second thing I want you to pray for because this is a, a significant part of your journey is people watching this for a release of the baptism of the Holy Amen. Spirit and yeah. fire yep. because that's a key part of your journey.
1: Amen. So just just. Pray for God's Pray. people watching this. Sure. Yeah. One other yeah, thing yeah. about that this yeah. guy was Bob, okay? He yeah. not only pursued me, he discipled me.
0: Oh, wow.
1: For a year, we met every week.
0: That's so And good. we
1: went through this course that he had called the Sonship Course, discovering what it's like to be That's a powerful. son, a son of God.
0: So now, when you yeah. said that, it jumps out something else to me that. Obviously, a lot of believers watch this every week or they're tuning into this. I believe part of our responsibility in praying in the harvest is are we willing to take the time to help people develop? It's not just come to church with me, but am I willing to take responsibility for mm-hmm. them? And because, it, okay, back to my story my dad's name is Angel, this guy's name was Angel, 1969. My dad didn't have any family in the US and he became like a father to my dad in uh-huh. fact yeah. he went back to Puerto Rico and he said you have land here if you ever want to build a home you're always welcome to come to my home uh-huh. so it wasn't just this guy who invited him and then just left them there
1: yeah it was someone willing to walk it out with him. absolutely and I have no doubt I would have backslid so fast mm. if I hadn't had that ongoing discipleship mm. you know it was because Every concept in the Bible was so foreign to me at that point, you know, mm. having spent 51 years putting a new spin on sin. I, you know, it, you know, The early Christians were described as the people who are turning the world upside down. Well, it is upside down compared to the world. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. And so it's a completely different way of thinking. Mm. And you really need to be discipled in that. Mm. You know? That's
0: so good. That's one of the themes on this program the last number of weeks. So just just pray for people watching to zero on a harvest. Look at the assignment. Just let let the Lord use you.
1: (laughs) Okay, Holy Spirit, we just so appreciate you and welcome your presence. Mm -hmm. And Father, uh, you have such a heart for the lost. Mm -hmm. Jesus, you pursue us relentlessly with your mercy. Mm -hmm. And Lord, I just pray that everyone who's who's uh, watching this video will be encouraged in their spirit mm. to listen to your still small voice the little promptings to to step out of their routine and, and pursue someone with mm. with love the love of jesus and uh i pray lord that you would show up in power uh just as the apostle paul didn't just come in speaking words of Of human wisdom but in demonstration of the Spirit Mm. and power I pray that your power Holy Spirit would go with each one to with signs and wonders and to confirm and to illustrate and demonstrate the gospel Mm. I pray Lord that you would give us your heart for the lost and the Mm -hmm. sick and your power to help them in Mm -hmm. Jesus name I pray that you would give us open ears to Mm -hmm. hear your still small voice, uh, to uh, heed it quickly and to obey. And that there would be a incredible end times harvest that we get to participate in because that mm. is your heart, Lord. And I thank you that, um, that you are bringing heaven to earth and you're allowing us to help you. Mm. Such a privilege, Lord, mm. such, a, such an honor. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And the Lord says
0: that it's a a season of uh, unprecedented harvest for God's people. But the Lord says, and I see this tonight, the Lord says God is touching our eyes to give us the eyes, His eyes, and give us the eyes for people so that we might identify those who we have been called to pursue in the name of the lord and so lord i just join with heaven that this is a season of harvest and i just release right now a baptism of fire for god's people baptism of fire baptism of healing arthritis cancer go uh, uh lower back be healed right ankle be healed And uh, I just see this picture. I just encourage you to put your hands towards the screen. I release a baptism of fire for your hands, that they would be the hands of Jesus. That Some of you watching this would see creative miracles in your life as you just step out in boldness. Part of that fire that's being released to you is being released for boldness to yes. do what God's called you to do. Yes. I see fire on somebody's head, fire on somebody's uh, eyes and ears. We just released a baptism of fire. There's an evangelist watching this. There's a baptism of fire to you. There's, uh, I, I felt like you, you, there might be more, but there's an evangelist in Africa that the Lord is touching. There's a fire being released in India for my friends in India. There's a fire for Europe. There's a fire for America, for the leaders in America, for the leaders in America. And I don't know why I've sensed this and I was holding off. like maybe, I, maybe this is, maybe I'm missing this, but I see someone like a, a Hispanic gentleman, and the Lord, it's like, you, you've never I don't feel like you've ever done this before, but the Lord's calling you to host and disciple right in your home, a Bible study, and the Lord says, "My hand is on that. you've heard me. There's actually going to be a release of an angel of fire to mm-hmm. you." It's going to be beautiful, it's going to be powerful. the mm-hmm. Lord says it's Him, you can trust him and I believe that this is a confirmation for you. you know what I'm saying I'm just seeing the fire of God
1: flow. Dr. John, you got anything mm-hmm. as we're praying? Um, no, I just uh, just second uh, everything you say. I've seen it. I, I get a confirmation in my spirit and I just pray for those who have maybe uh, have maybe been baptized once in the Holy Spirit. this can happen to you. Every day. Yeah. The Amen. Holy Spirit will refill you afresh every time you ask. You do not have because you do not ask. Ask and it will be given. Yeah. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. And there is fresh fire for you. There is more. There is so much more. Mm. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to thank
0: you guys for watching tonight privilege to have Dr. John on. We are going to be back next week and we will, I would say hopefully because I, I just it's just a feel we have as we talk, but uh, hopefully we'll get to what God is doing in his life right now. But uh, thank you for watching us. Thank you partners and friends for making this a reality. If you feel connected with this ministry, I want to prayerfully encourage you to prayerfully consider becoming a partner. We're believing God for 300 partners to continue to bring this gospel of the kingdom around the world. It is the greatest time to be alive. There are challenges, there are difficulties in our nation right now, but I want to say for God's people, this is the greatest time to be alive. This is a time of harvest, abundant harvest in every way. This is a time of first. This is a time of pioneering. This is a time of breakthrough. And this is what God has called this ministry to herald in this time. So I want you to prayerfully consider partnering with us. You are a reformer for this time and God stands with you as you stand in the purposes of God. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us tonight and we'll be back next week, 6.30 Eastern with Dr. John sharing more about his life. God bless you.